everyone. Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, you guys are in. We are all in for such a treat today. In this episode, we've got Leo Max joining us. Leo is a hypnosis practitioner on kind of the surface level of it all, but he's unlike any other healer in this realm that I've spoken with. He works very deeply with spirit and more so entities in the astral realm that have perhaps attached to his clients in one way or the other. He gets a lot of people coming to him with you know, everything that ails us from grief to autoimmune issues, you know, anything. Um, And he often finds that uh, so many people are actually having attachment issues to entities in the spirit realm. So his work is very reminiscent of shamanism. And we kind of laugh as we talk about how he's more so like a therapist for people who have passed uh, than the people who are actually coming to him in this 3D reality that we're in. So I know that's kind of a big hit, but get ready for an intense, expansive conversation. It's very transformational uh, to hear his words and to hear him describe his work. And I think it will very much shift the way that you perceive life and the universe. So again, we talk about entities and how they attach to people through gaps in the auric field. What happens when we die? casual, subconscious healing, so much more. And you know, this was one of the most exciting interviews I've done because I feel like I'm always chasing the answer to the question of what happens when we leave our physical bodies. What happens when we die? And I think that's honestly in the back of most of our minds. Like, how are we going to make more money? How are we going to be successful? How are we going to, you know, curate these relationships? What paths are we going to take to justify living and being alive? And uh, speaking with somebody like Leo is so expansive because it takes me and I hope all of us out of this more three-dimensional way of thinking into this much more like cosmic sense of why we're here, what is going on and how infinite this you know, experience truly is and how karmic and uh, meant to be everything is. So I hope that you find excitement from this. And at the end of the day, I hope you find peace after listening to this episode, because that's how I felt. Um, This is a really fun one, you guys. And, you know, I'm really excited about this, but I also want to just give you guys, you know, fair warning, like we do get into heavy, intense topics. So just, you know, Be aware of what might trigger you, and uh, it's okay if it does, uh, but I think you're going to just love this. It's going to be really exciting. So thank you so much for being here, and if you're new to the show, if you've never been here before, welcome. This is the Lifted Podcast. (laughs) Episodes come out every Wednesday morning, um, and while you listen in the meantime, you can find Leo on Instagram at restorativehypnosis, and I'm at helendenim underscore, so hit us up. Let us know what you're learning as you listen, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, I'll talk to you on the flip side. The first thing I'd love to ask guests is, how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Yeah, I start off always with a green smoothie because I feel like it's really easy for me to just kind of breeze past stuff like that or just kind of skip it. 
And obviously the work that I do, you got to be fairly clean with your diet. You got to be clean on all levels. And sometimes I get lazy with it. So first thing I do is a green smoothie. And then I always step outside because I was living the last 10 years in New York and now I just moved to Austin. So I need that fresh golden sunlight. I'm happy to live on the ground floor. I used to live in a fifth floor walk up. And so <laughs> I am very much appreciating just being able to walk outside my house, not see anyone, put my actual bare feet on the ground and just soak up my morning and just say, okay, what are we doing today? What needs to be done? Beautiful. Take that time to ground. I love that. Yeah. And I know that makes a lot of sense in the work that you're doing. And I will have given yeah. a little bit of an intro to tell people like what you're up to, what you kind of specialize in. But sure. why don't we kind of start from the beginning here? Uh, because sure. I'd love to know about, I guess, your childhood, your upbringing, and when you really started to come into your gifts. Um, was it something innate to you that just started to show up? Or was it something that you started to practice intentionally? What mm -hmm. did that look like? I was lucky because I had really open parents. And so they taught me and my two older brothers to meditate as children and put psychic bubbles around the car as we drove and use the water in our showers to, you know, be a cleansing in the morning. So we were, <laughs> we got pretty lucky on that end. And they were also, they're both scientists. So they kind of opened all the doors for us without pushing too much in any direction. So they kind of just let us be, which is very rare. And I'm realizing more and more how rare that is with, you know, all the therapy I do with people. So I'm appreciating my upbringing even more, I feel like every single year. So I would say that I came in with a very strong mission and pretty, just a lot of energy and pretty psychic. Um, so it's looking back and look at like videos and things like that. It's so funny because I'm so chill now, but I had no chill for a really long time. Zero chill at all. Just like my parents would say, anytime a commercial, I would be in a dead sleep. And if a commercial came on with music, I would spring up out of dead sleep and just dance. And then the commercial was over, just fall right back asleep. So just always kind of had that go button. Um, and I always say I kind of came in at a sprint in terms of wanting to, I just, I didn't know how it was all going to look, but I knew I wanted to live a big life. And growing up in the suburbs, I felt like I was very much in a box and a small, small life. And we didn't have a ton of money to like do things or go places. So it was a lot of friction there of like this push pull of like, I, my consciousness feels really big and I don't feel the, I never felt the age that I was. So I was always like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get out of this, you know, out of these stupid suburbs, you know, very like that teenage angst. But I think, you know, it's, it was good for me. It was good for me to have that drive to be bigger than where I was. Mm -hmm. That is a gift that your parents encouraged you to be an open channel and really take the time to pay attention to what was going on uh, and to go inward. So do you think that that yeah. just really accelerated everything for you? Like from the beginning, you were already connected to source, open channel, like 
ready to harness whatever was coming in. Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah, they didn't, like, I didn't do so many, like, trainings and things like that. But I remember when I was really young, I was the youngest, and they kind of stopped after a while. But they used to go to, like, conferences, um, transcendental meditation and stuff. So I'd just be there. I didn't know what was going on, but I'd be in the room with everyone doing their mantras and things like that. So it was just kind of around. And I definitely feel that it unlocked some things. And I'm sure that while my parents were doing those practices while I was in the womb, that it had a huge effect on my consciousness. I mean, all that vibration constantly going through me just, you know, in this period of growing literally my body, I'm sure was a huge activation that I can't even fathom right now. Mm-hmm. Can you recall like one of your first early experiences where was there kind of a, a turning point for you or a moment where you were like, oh, uh, I'm, I'm working with spirit all of a sudden. This is an entity that I don't recognize or, you know, what, sure. what did that look like? I would say that in elementary school, I had a lot of sleep paralysis that was pretty scary. So those were the first moments where I was like, okay, there's something here that I don't understand that feels very real because my body has a very strong reaction to it. Mm. And also around that time, uh, there was a day where my grandfather died and I knew that he died. And I was, you know, before the funeral, like, I want to see grandpa. I want to see grandpa. And they, I could remember like the shock and horror in their face because they hadn't told me that he had passed yet. And I was screaming, screaming, begging to see him. So I think those were my first moments of, I don't think that I, I don't think truly that I knew that he passed, but I could feel that something within our connection had really shifted. Um, I didn't get any, from what I remember, I don't remember having like visitations from him or hearing his voice, but I think I was pretty connected to where people were energetically through just our courting, just through knowing this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious too, to know about sleep paralysis because I've had a couple buddies struggle with this. Um, is it oh, across yeah. the board, like a, a particular thing that's happening or, or what's causing sleep paralysis for most people that you see? I work with it quite a lot with my clients. Um, From what I see, as the astral body comes back into the physical and the night, there can be this window of opportunity where things can go wrong. And how do I put this (laughs) without going zero to 100? There are beings that will use that window of opportunity to purposefully mess with you. So if there are things around, they don't have to necessarily be attached, but okay, so things and consciousness that doesn't have a body that linger around, they feed on attention, on getting a rise out of people, reaction, fear, stress, guilt, worry. So any way that they can push your buttons, they will. So creating fear at night is a really easy one, right? Because we're already naturally scared of that Mm -hmm. state so if you can really shock people with an image or not being able to move your body or things like that they will use that opportunity to get that rise out of you and that's kind of their sustenance their Mm -hmm. power so there are a lot of you know (laughs) we're going right into it there's a lot of different styles of entities and beings that don't have a body and in my eyes there's more entities than there are insects on this planet we think that they're mostly human, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We know about ghosts, that's one style of entity, but there are some specifically designed you know, for that window for sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. So 
they go after psychic people because they're going to get the response that they're looking for. They don't want to go after the super 3D person that has no awareness of what's going on because they're not going to have the same reaction as a sensitive. And so they can read that within people and they, and they use that to their advantage. And what's the, the mission with these entities? Are they trying to just find a physical vessel to live in again? Or, or what is their intention when they're attaching? It can be multiple. I've really heard <laughs> every possible scenario under the sun. Again, because there's so many different styles, they all have different levels of intelligence, of intention. Sometimes they have no idea what the hell they're doing. They kind of just got stuck accidentally. Mm -hmm. Some of them are very intentional, like the sleep paralysis ones. Because a lot of people see imagery. That's a very common thing. It's almost like a meme online right now, like my sleep paralysis demon, haha. Yes. Like it's really funny when it's a meme and it's another when you're experiencing it. Like there's no joke. Um, and it's really terrifying. Mm -hmm. So their intention is is very different based on the, the style and type of entity that is around. Sometimes they're looking for an energetic field to come in and have a home. It's kind of like a crab looking for a shell, some yeah. kind of protection and sustenance and power messing with people. And sometimes there's some that just kind of wait around outside and use these moments like this, you know, sleep paralysis moment to just kind of mess with you, but they're not looking to really attach. They just kind of float through, okay, I'm gonna mess with you. And then they just kind of move on. So there's passer buyers and there's some that attach. Why does it have to be like so scary for, or why are they using fear? You know, like why, why is there such a darkness to so many of these entities, especially in this time? Like, is that because it's the most powerful emotion or one of the most powerful that we can emit? Like, what is that? Yeah, I mean, fear is like blood in the water for sharks, for them. Mm, mm -hmm. They have told me that they love the thrill of it, the power. They love control. And yeah, that's one of the strongest and most negative human responses we have. And so they really just love to turn up the dial and see, you know, how they can elicit that kind of response from people because they get a lot out of it. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like a game in a way almost. And is okay. So yeah. to kind of wrap my head around this, the sure. entities are the spirits, us, you know, all of us spiritual beings having this physical experience when we right. pass for those mm -hmm. of us who have hit this point of, you know, quote unquote, higher consciousness for lack of a better term, or we've really done the work and stepped into a higher vibration of love mm -hmm. is, are we able to pass more easily and, and expand so that we don't need to, you know, enter that realm of, um, you know, parasitic energy in a way? Like, is there a divide that happens where, can you help us understand like what that divide is, I guess? If, I hope sure. that's making any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So after you pass, and for anyone wondering like, where the hell is this information coming from? It's not anything I channel or out of left field. This is from doing hundreds and hundreds of hypnosis sessions with people. And you can take people to that place beyond the physical body. For example, many times people go into a past life. I will take them to the last day of their past life. Well, who's around you? How are you dying? How are you feeling? Are you alone? What's going on in your body? What are your last thoughts? And then I say, what happens after that? So that's where I'm getting all this information after they leave that body, because obviously they're in a new body, right? So they have to have experienced something in between that past life and the the person that's laying down in the chair that I'm speaking with. So I say, tell me everything that happens between leaving that body 
and getting to the one that you're currently at. So that's where I'm getting all this information. So during that process, we still have free will as a spirit. Yes, there are guides and we have ancestors and beings that help us, but in the end, it's our decision on what to do. So some people like to go to their funeral. Some people like to go to the ocean side and just be alone. Some people want to make visits to their family. Some people just aren't ready to cross back into the light. So you could call this the lower or middle astral. You could call this 4D. It's really like Grand Central Station. It's very chaotic. So this is the, this is the level in between this 3D life that we're in and what I would call the light. People would call it heaven, moving on to the other side. Some people call this middle ground purgatory. You're not here, you're not there, you're kind of in this weird gray area. Mm -hmm. And in this gray area, lots of weird shit can happen and there's lots of different things going on. It's just like, um, it's a little bit madness to be perfectly <laughs> honest. So you don't really wanna be in there for too long, mm -hmm. but no one's gonna rip you out of there and say, okay, it's time to go You know, review this lifetime and look at everything that's happened and look at your blueprint. Did you accomplish what you came to do in the life of Helen? Like, how was it? What things did you do right? What things did you wrong? You could, you could do that and go right there, but there's a kind of a grace period. So some souls get stuck in this grace period for a lot of reasons. Maybe they really hated how they died. Maybe they didn't do any of the things they wanted to do and they're pissed and they just want to be pissed. Maybe someone killed them and they want revenge. Maybe they never got to, maybe they died in war and they never got to tell their wife how much they loved them. And she thinks that she was abandoned, but really he was killed and he never got to say goodbye. So there are, and these are all real stories that have happened in sessions. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they can be really beautiful. Like an entity might come through and be like, I loved you so much. And I know that you thought I abandoned you, but I'm here to tell you that um, what we had was really pure and that I was unfortunately killed when I left that day and you never heard from me again. So in this weird gray area, grace period, you can decide that it's not your time to go into the light. And while you're in this grace period, like I said, it's chaos. So other beings can show up and be like, hey, what are you doing? Who are you? And you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes you can make agreements, contracts with these beings. Yeah. You know, some people call these dark forces, parasites. Some people say demonics. What are, you know, like, I don't like to put too many labels on it because it's really just a label at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But it's a negotiation room. There's a lot of things you can do there is what I'm saying. So yeah. you could get, you can also in this time get stuck to someone else's energetic field accidentally or on purpose. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you die in a hospital while you're under anesthesia, how do you know that you died? Yeah, you probably don't know. <laughs> You're or you're like, confused. what's happening? Yeah. You just got, you took the gas or whatever. You move into this weird realm and three hours later, you're not aware of time when you're in that state. Right. Let's say you're, let's say you die on the hospital that day. Okay. And then your, your soul's kind of lingering around the hospital. And then there's a family member there visiting you and you go, oh, they look so beautiful and nice. And then people have a magnet, a magnetism about them, right? There's a lot of light. So if there's a hole in their aura, you can kind of get attached to them because, oh, they were there and they look so nice. And then, oops, it's so nice in here. 
they make such a nice home for me. Wait, what happened? Where am I? Oh, but they're so sweet. They feel you feel protected by their aura. And then boom, entity attachment. Mm. They didn't mean to, it just kind of happened that way. Or in the case of let's say you want revenge on the person that killed you. I'm not going to the light because I'm not leaving this place until I ruin this person's life and the lifetime after that and the lifetime after that. And then you kind of, they can get addicted to that cycle of just taking you down. Mm. And then oh, how long have I been here doing this? Where's the light anyway? I forgot. It's very easy to lose your way. It's, it's a, we think that moving beyond this body is like all this beautiful, easy navigated system where everything's organized and like has a place. I'm telling you, it's chaos. It is absolute chaos. And there's everything on the whole spectrum from super dark to super angelic and bright. Yeah. And it really depends on your consciousness and what you've moved through in the time that you're in this body. Mm. Oh my gosh. You're, it's, you're just on my favorite subject right now. It's so fascinating <laughs> to hear you talk about this. Um, I'm so curious to know as well, like what the, I guess the physical experience of an entity is like a person who's died from anesthesia, like not really mm. aware that they, they've passed, but like they're not seeing their physical body. So are they sure. still in like an kind of an astral body where it's, it's mm -hmm. like a, like, what's that like? Sure. So in that period we're in this, when you're in the kind of gray area, you will still kind of look like you. It won't feel that different from having a physical body because mm -hmm until you cross into the light, you still retain most of your emotions. So that's why I'm saying the person that wants revenge, they still feel that fire of like, I, of that hate for that person. And you still have that in your astral body. You carry that with you. So then when you attach to that person, you bring all that malice with you. Mm -hmm. And then that person experiences it. Mm -hmm. So everyone experiences entities very differently because you don't know what, they're, what baggage they're bringing. So whatever they're feeling, comes into your space, mm -hmm. whether it's intentional or not. Let's say you died really, really sad. And then you're that person in the hospital that died really sad and you go into your granddaughter. Well, you don't mean to bring that sadness, but it's on you. Mm. And now she's feeling it, but they don't realize that because they don't see it in that same way. They don't see the transference. They're just, they just want to be near their granddaughter. Mm. Oh my gosh. That just like, really resonated with me deeply because as a kid, I was, you know, between the ages of nine and 12, I think I was really young when I was put on antidepressants and we could mm. not figure out like what was going on. There's no reason a child should be so depressed and literally suicidal. And uh, I had always been taught that the women in my family have always had depression. It was a cycle that was just mm. something I'd have to accept. And I ended mm. up breaking that pattern very consciously Great. around 16. I was like, there's, there's gotta be a different way. But it makes me wonder if that was mine, um, as you talk about this, which I, I assume that a lot of your clients, like it's not theirs and people right. might not realize that. So what has that looked like for you when you're working with people? It's, it's a little tricky and that's why my sessions are really long because I want to really make sure that we know what we're extracting. Um, I want to know if it's ancestral pain, if it's an entity attachment, if it's a past life contract that's followed through into this lifetime, if it's a part of you that feels exiled or shamed. Because sometimes, so, you know, I work with parts that kind of break off, right? You might call this like soul fragmentation or dissociation. So let's say you experience something really traumatic at eight years old that you have a lot of shame for. As that part breaks off and kind of festers, it kind of morphs 
it kind of is consumed by whatever trauma and emotions it was experiencing and it breaks off from you so that you don't feel the totality of it mm -hmm. so it thinks it's doing you a job by breaking off it doesn't sometimes they tell me they don't want to be found because mm -hmm. then you as the individual has to now address everything that she's been holding shadow work but level 20 <laughs> oh yeah. yeah so so sometimes what i'm saying is you might see that part of you as red glowing eyes with scaly skin and it might look like something nasty but it doesn't mean it's not you it could be just that shame and guilt and resentment that's kind of your brain is presenting in that way so we are very deliberate on going through the layers to make sure that it's it's you or it's not you does this belong to me does this thing have my energy that I just don't want to accept is me? <laughs> mm -hmm. Or is this not mine at all? And it sounds very confusing when we're talking in this state, but when you're deep in trance, it becomes very obvious. Like, okay, I feel these hands on my chest that are pushing me down. It does not have my energy at all. Or like, yeah, I see this intense guilt and sadness. And you know what? It is mine. So you don't want to remove something that's a part of you because now you've further fragmented your soul. So there's a lot of moving parts, obviously. And it gets, yeah. it gets a little, it's a lot to navigate. And yeah, that's why I go really slow in my sessions. Yes. And for everybody listening, you've got an awesome YouTube and some IGTV videos up mm -hmm. of you actually doing extractions with people. And when yeah. you watch a session of yours, it makes a lot of sense because, yeah. you know, you could tell it better than I, but what, as I'm watching, I'm seeing your client. I think Jennifer was this lovely mm -hmm. woman that you were helping and uh, you were talking to the entity that was attached like is this you and, and there was a clear divide like a clear separation mm -hmm. where uh there was a switch and you were able to talk directly with the entity and have a conversation and yeah. uh, it was so interesting to see you in conversation like that you were very compassionate <laughs> it was kind of funny at times they were like oh I, I've, I've seen you before i know what you're doing <laughs> like <laughs> oh so, yeah i shoot yeah. the shit with them <laughs> so what do you take these entities through to help them release uh, from the person that they've attached to and go toward the light, I guess? Yeah, in that moment, I really become the therapist for them. So really, the core of my work is I'm kind of a therapist for dead people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a death doula, like after they've already died i'm like then walking them through the next part yeah so it's like a the most niche thing you can probably do on this planet <laughs> right now um the point the purpose for me is to get them to have a transformation to realize what's been happening because some of them have been negative for so long they don't even remember who they were what they were doing before they were attached to someone mm. or before i say they went dark and many times they started on a beautiful mission or they had a body before this. Some of them didn't. Again, like I said, there's so many different styles. We live in a really big universe. And this is just our universe. Mm -hmm. Our universe is beyond that. And the place that they live is beyond time and space. So they can move a lot more easily than we realize. So there are, there are things that have never lived on Earth that are attached to people or don't even know anything about humans at all. This is the first time I've ever seen a human. And it's like a playground, for, like an exploring opportunity for them? Is that what it's kind of like? Yeah. yeah. And because, so our species is very unique because we have a huge spectrum of emotions and we don't realize that that's very unique within the universe. Hmm. So 
that's intriguing for a lot of species that don't have that bandwidth. You know, think about how low we can go versus how high. It's mm -hmm. a huge spectrum mm -hmm. and really take that for granted. I've never heard it said like that as compared to what, what other species, is it, is it similar to other species experience emotion like we do in comparison, but just a tighter like bandwidth? Yeah. 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 Maybe they don't feel joy at the level. Maybe they don't feel ecstasy or depression as much as we do. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just smaller spectrum. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So that's very intriguing for a lot of other forms of consciousness to investigate what's going on here. What's up with these humans? They're weird. Okay, let's see what's going on. So anyway, the purpose for me to work with these entities is to get them to remember who they really are. And that can be even making them go back. Then I'm almost, <laughs> then I'm almost taking them on a journey of like, all right, who were you with before Jennifer? Uh -huh. And before that? And before this at all? What were you doing before you, know, you took a turn? Sometimes I make them look inside themselves, go through all the layers of their consciousness. They might go through layers of darkness, of mud, of fire, of things that look like hell until they reach the very core of them and they usually see, oh, there's a little light on inside. Forgot this was here. Mm. So it can take a lot of different turns, but the end goal for me and what makes myself and the clients feel good is that they get a full circle moment when they have this aha of like, oh, I don't need to be doing this. I don't need to be pushing on this person's bladder. I don't need to be messing with their dreams at night. I don't need to make their digestion horrible when they eat all these different foods. I don't need to crank up all their negative emotions and trigger them all the time. I don't need to be whispering negative thought forms in their mind because I can now see that what I've been doing is really harmful for them and my karma as a consciousness. Mm. So when they have that light bulb moment, then they kind of step back. And then I always get them pretty much always to apologize and come forward with all the symptoms that they had been causing this person. And let me tell you, <laughs> they have rattled off quite an interesting slew of things. Oh my goodness. I bet people just feel like a new person after they come to you in the following days. Like, whoa. Yeah, it's like taking a backpack full of rocks off that you didn't even know you were carrying. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I knew that I was really harsh on myself, but I didn't know I was that harsh. Of course. Right. And now it makes sense. Of course it wasn't me. Why would I say those horrible things to myself? Mm -hmm. And like chronic pain. I think of this dear family friend we have who's had this chronic back pain. And it's just making me think of all these wonderful people in my life where I'm like, who's carrying something that uh, is maybe not theirs? That's been right. with them all this time. Sure. Yeah. And then and the tricky part is like trauma and entities really go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trauma is the opening in the org field for them to step in. You can't just be walking on the street, having a great day or like even a average day and just pick up a really nasty entity. They have to match with something within your energetic field. Mm -hmm. They have to link up. So almost all addiction has an entity component to it. Fascinating. This is very empowering to hear you say as well, because it kind of puts the power back into our hands to say, where can I love myself more deeply so that I don't have these holes in my field? Right, right. Mm -hmm. So they kind of express themselves in similar ways, like what you were talking about with back pain. Like if you have unresolved trauma, that can manifest in, in a very physical way. 
Mm-hmm. So when I do like inner child healing with people who are navigating memories, like a lot of times their body pains resolve or things lift within their physical symptom system because that burden of trauma and all the heavy emotions that have been stuck there are lifted. And same with if you remove an entity, if that entity was stuck in your throat, constricting your voice and truth and making you scared to go on Instagram live or speak up or charge the amount you want or talk about your sexual trauma. Oh no, just keep it in, keep it to yourself faster. Then when you lift that out of your throat, again, all those things and burdens lift with it. Hey there, just popping in for a second to tell you about my new offering, Cultivating Confidence. This is an online self-mastery course that I've been developing over the last few months, but I honestly feel like I've been working on this for my entire life. (laughs) And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful to be at a point now where I'm really able to share this with the women in my community. So it's an online go-at-your-own-pace course with eight modules, and it includes EFT tapping, guided visualization meditations, affirmations, transformational workbook prompts, goal setting, developing a daily practice, and so much more good stuff. I've really included actionable steps in every single module for you so that you are really doing the work and you're going to discover a lot about yourself through doing this. It's really amazing what happens when we invest in ourselves and show up for ourselves. It's a way of communicating to ourselves that we love ourselves and that we believe in ourselves. So if you're ready to look into this and you're ready to take the next step and really step into the next version of yourself and align with that highest version of yourself, this might be just the thing for you. So you can go to HelenDenham.com to check that out and you'll see a link for the course and let me know if you have any questions but thank you so much for listening and back to our conversation so many layers to this your work must be very exciting (laughs) it keeps you really on your toes i mean what you're describing sounds so much like shamanism to me do you consider yourself to be a shaman in any way or like how do you describe yourself to people yeah, I try not to kind of yes, labels. put too much on it. Yeah. Because, you know, shamanism is is pretty I like to respect the people that are from those lineages. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of overlaps and correlations and if it does, that's great. I'm just I'm just more focused on how can I help people the most in the most efficient way in places that other people can't or mm-hmm. just haven't haven't had the information to help people so i am currently like working with a lot of other therapists and hypnotherapists to kind of teach them this tool belt not that it has to be their main thing but right now i'm in a big phase of just education um that's a big mission of mine right now do you think that we are able to like any of us, like, could I teach myself how to do this and how to access this realm and communicate? And and how would one do that? You can. It's a journey. Yeah. (laughs) It's a big journey. Because I'm just going to put it really plainly, there are entities that are very, very smart. So they will pose as a guide. They will pose as an archangel. They can mask themselves. They will read your thoughts, find your greatest desire of who you want to connect with, morph into that being as a facade, and then use you as a pawn. Oh, my Lord. 
and I'm seeing this all <laughs> over the place. The hijacking right now on this planet is insane. I connected to, you know, Mother Mary and, you know, like spiritual Jesus. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know because you've seen so many that you you can now use discretion but i get what you mean you'd have to go through a lot of time to to know the difference it sounds like right so you really got to know who you are mm-hmm. as you step into this realm it's just even me when i feel like even at this point i still see another hypnotherapist to work through some of these things because they it's just riddled with potholes hoping that you step in one yeah and it's very easy because they have an uh, we have an upper hand but they have an upper hand our upper hand is we're in a body and it's really really powerful a lot more powerful than people realize but they have an upper hand because uh, they don't sleep they don't eat food they can they're psychic they can read our thoughts our emotions our feelings our greatest desires so it's a chess game that you can you definitely do alone um it just will take a lot of practice Sure. I wanted to ask you as well about uh, dream work. I've always been fascinated with dreams and I'm trying to build up my lucid dreaming practice again. Right. And uh, I, had, I had some interesting dreams last night. I was like, I got to ask Leo about this, but um, <laughs> what, what's going on in the dream world? Are we entering a different astral plane that is, is very much a reality or is it reflections of the subconscious? How do you perceive the dream world? I think it, it can be both. I think sometimes your mind likes to go through the filing system, clear things out, go through stuff. And it can be very subconscious imagery mm-hmm. or symbolism, your mind giving you information and a metaphor and things like that. And many times you really are going out into the astral plane and moving to other dimensions. There's also a lot of places within the astral plane. There are some that look exactly exact carbon copy of earth. You can fly over cities and read street maps in other places and they're the exact streets. And you can, I've had people draw complete grids of entire neighborhoods Wow. that are, then they then look up and verify the, all the information that they saw. Mm. And sometimes you're going into a whole other dimension that is tough to decipher because it doesn't have the same sensory information that we do with this body. Mm-hmm. So then interpreting it and bringing it in is, can be a little confusing. So I tell people not to stress out too much about like putting dream stuff all together and making it make sense and getting it all right. You know, if it's something that comes natural to you, write it out, find the information that resonates with you. If something doesn't, work or can't figure out or put together just it's okay just toss it you know it's always going to be notoriously a mystery to be to be honest yeah no that's good advice um yeah it can be very validated like i had a dream last night i've been studying reiki for a little while and i had a dream that my palms were this bright orange like lava uh and you could sink an object into my hands and then Mm. i could heal with the object and uh, I became lucid in that little moment. And I just mm. woke up like feeling very much empowered, like, okay, let me just practice more. So definitely in that way. And then there are other dreams where it's just like, okay, I'm, I'm just going through my filing. But um, yeah, yeah, it's helpful to hear you say this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And our helpers and guides definitely use the dream state as an opportunity to give us activations and information like that was hands, I'm sure was a direct connection with an upgrade for your consciousness. So I just let it come naturally um i know you love to work with um archangels from time to time is yes is that right who do you like to work with and what are their characteristics like so 
archangels are still to this day <laughs> such a mystery to me. I really wish that I had more information about them, but I just don't. <laughs> I think they're, I can feel the power and presence when they come through in sessions. I call on them. Uh -huh. I thank them before and after every session. Anytime I need them, they come through <laughs> really hard. And I'm like, I have no idea how to help this person. Like this entity is screaming at me, telling me that it's going to kill me and burn my house down. So, um, okay, great. <laughs> so, Archangel Michael, please come through. I need a little boost. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that they're purposefully kind of mysterious. I think mm. that they're obviously really, really a high vibrational being. And from what I see and sense, I usually ask Archangel Michael, what I usually ask is for him to send the most appropriate angel to help me in this moment. Mm. So I kind of use him as like Hermes, as kind of like, as like a little scout of like, I don't know, all of you and what all your differentiation is. And I feel like if I need to know it, it will come through in my life. So please just send the one that can help me the most right now. And so far it has worked. Uh-huh. Oh, beautiful. I, you know, I wanted to go a little bigger with you too. This is sure. kind of an open-ended question, but when we talk about um, the light and shifting out of that, you know, grand central station, purgatory mm -hmm. chaos, and we go to the next, what is the next level? Like, is that where we have free will? We can choose our next route, our next place mm -hmm. to be. Like, what, what goes on there for, you know, for like you, for, or for me? Like, when we pass, what sure. is our process maybe going to look like? Sure. So anyone that's really curious about that phase, um, there are sessions called Life Between Lives sessions where you can spend the whole time in that state. Um, and if you want a book, uh, you can read Life Between Lives by Michael Newton. And in that state, a whole lot of stuff happens. It is endless. So once you cross into the light, the main phases would be a cleansing of the lifetime you just lived. You don't want to take all that stuff into the light because it's obviously a very high vibrational state. So usually there's kind of a metaphorical pool or cleansing water. And then there are usually beings that come and greet you and kind of walk you through the next phases. Many times there's an afterlife review of, people think there's this huge judgment moment. There's really not. You really just have to face yourself. So that's why I'm always online telling people, deal with it now. <laughs> You're gonna have to come back and do this all over again. Death does not escape you from your karma or your programs or the things you're neglecting. So. <laughs> might as well do it now do it if now. you yeah. feel like you have the energy and you can do it so usually you kind of look back on some pivotal moments usually there's a guide there with you the guide will go through okay you see all these breakups the old relationships you had what you learn from all of them or the best parts about it how do you feel about this mission because we come in with a blueprint of what we want to do we're like okay here's my design i want to make a big impact i want to learn forgiveness i want to heal sexual trauma i want to know what true joy is i want to have an impact for you know the environment i want to repair this relationship with my brother that i fucked up the last 12 times i'm going to do it this time we're going to come back and we're going to actually learn how to like be friends or at least neutral yeah. so you kind of come in with this blueprint and you and your guides make this together. And you kind of check in. I'm like, okay, like this is a big mission, Helen. Are you sure you're signed mm -hmm. up for all this? So 
you look back at the blueprint from your previous life and you go, how do you feel about what you accomplished? Mm. And then you kind of, most people, most souls need a long time to rest because earth is a lot. It's a huge school. There is a lot of lessons, a lot of pain, ups, downs. So there's a long rest period. Then when you, when your guides and your soul feels like you've rested long enough, then they go, okay, knock, knock. <laughs> You're ready for another round. And you, again, you have free will. You can say no. No, you know what? I want to chill in this cave of nothingness for more time. Or some people are really fiery. They want to come back. They're super, okay, I'm ready to go. Like, yeah, okay. I didn't forgive my mom this lifetime, but I'm ready to give another shot. There's also a lot of school that goes on. The fascinating part is, as above, so below. <laughs> Everything up there is very organized and structured. So your, your soul goes to school. You're cultivating new skills. You're hanging out with your soul family. Hey, I haven't seen you in 3,000 years. How was your last 10 lifetimes? Awesome. High five. There's a lot of reunion, joy, celebration, all that good stuff. And then there are all these kind of like classrooms in a way of like, okay, my soul wants to learn energetic healing. Mm. I'm going to learn that up here so that I can download that and channel it when I come back with a body. But you got to learn it up there. So it's kind of like practice, but you don't really get to do the real thing because you're not in a body. So the biggest evolution comes when you incarnate into physical form. You can't taste a lemon. You can't feel the heartache of breaking up with someone. You don't know what it feels like to be broke and poor in the light. So to learn those karmic lessons, you got to come into a body. Mm. So after you've kind of trained and gone over everything you want to do, then you make a new blueprint and you and your team go, okay, where, what country do I want to live in? What race do I want to be? What kind of family? And a lot of times you get options like, okay, uh, family number one, the positives are this, this, and this family two, this, this, and this, this body. Maybe I want to, is what for the blueprint I make, does it make more sense to be a male or female? or trans or beyond. Yeah. So you kind of create these blueprints and they're not super structured, but it's an outline and it can be updated as you come into a body. Then you kind of create a percentage of your soul energy that you want to take into this mission. And the rest of you that you don't take is your higher self that's in the light. So that's why no matter what, when you die, you will always see your loved ones because even if they've reincarnated again, a part of them is always in the light as that percentage that they stay to stay in school and be mm. your kind of grounded force as your higher self while the rest of you breaks off and takes a body. Ooh, okay. So fascinating. So when we're <laughs> doing like highest self visualizations or highest self meditations, are we connecting mm. with that, that part of ourselves that's in the light and that we're, we're receiving those beautiful downloads from when we're ready? Yeah. Oh, that just and they are our lifeline. We are supposed to use them. And you have full permission to, they are supposed to be of service to us. We're the ones boots on the ground. Like this is the hardest part. So they are supposed to be a guiding force and help to us. So no one be afraid to call on them for assistance because that is what they're there. Yeah, they're doing a lot of things. They're in school, you know, upgrading, learning new skills, downloading new information, working with more guides, but they're there for you. Mm. 
and they are us, right? Like it, it yeah. is us and it's, it's, mm-hmm. wow, that's so beautiful to think about. It's so comforting as well. And it just like, it gives us levity to life. Like we're here to just explore and learn and grow and it doesn't have to be so scary. You know, I think so many right. people are just afraid of dying and it's it, and <laughs> just like what rules our planet in so many different ways, like right. the fear of aging, the fear of not making enough money or just like so much fear around what we just don't understand. And right. uh, it, that's such a temporary experience that we're having. Yeah. I take everything with a grain of salt. I have a ridiculous sense of humor because I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to die. Okay, yeah. great. I'm not scared of death. Like what's the worst an entity is going to do to me? Kill me. Okay. I don't, I don't care. I'm not afraid to die. So it kind of strips all that fear away. Uh-huh. And then once you don't, once, once you're not afraid of that, it makes living so much juicier and just more enjoyable. And mm-hmm. You can laugh at things a little bit more. Like I take very little seriously, even with the entities. If people watch the clips, I'm shooting the shit. You know, they're like, <laughs> you are. They're like, you know, you're gonna burn in hell. I'm like, great. I went there. I had a great party. Like, didn't see you. And they're like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so <laughs> funny. You know, really, you know, because then they're caught off guard and they're like, oh, I have to stand my ground and show them I'm not scared of you. Yeah. Otherwise, they will run me right over. Right. So I use humor. That's just my thing. Other people use lots of other styles. That's just what I find works for me because that's what's true for me. Yeah. And that's how I am in this world. So I'm not going to be any different with a ghost. I love that. It's so funny. <laughs> I was going to ask you like how you make sure you you take care of yourself. And that, but I mean, you just, you keep it light. You see your own uh, hypnotherapist. Yeah. So you, you, you know, take care of yourself in that way. It sounds like. Yeah. I'm in my own lane. Yeah. And then, uh, what was I going to ask you? I just had a like brain moment. Oh yeah, on <laughs> um, the soul's blueprint. Like, um, mm-hmm. how do we know if we're getting off track, or if you know, like, is is it just our emotions will change and things will get heavier, or like, you know, do you, for example, do you know what your blueprint was coming in, and how do you make sure that you're on track? I guess mixing that with free will. So within the blueprint is a fine print that says you will forget the blueprint. <laughs> On coming in, we're in, you know, planetary amnesia. That's just part of the, co- that's a planetary contract for all of us, this amnesiac state. So it happens to all of us. So the whole, the whole point of the journey is to come back to it. That, that is part of the entire blueprint too, is to even remember that it exists in the first place. So falling off track is totally fine because that's part of the journey too of, knowing that you fell off track in the first place. So, I mean, people know when they're not on track. You don't yeah. feel good. Your body, you get sick. You are depressed. You don't want to get out of bed. You hate your job. You're in a relationship that sucks, but you won't leave. Like, you're mm-hmm. sluggish. You have brain fog. You won't forgive people. You, it's pretty obvious when you're not on track. You don't want the, Do you want to get up? Are you fired up when you wake up in the morning? Yes or no? Right. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to do what you're going to do today? Yeah. If the first emotion is like, oh God, you're not you're probably not on your probably not on your track, and that's okay. So right. find all the places that feel that have that sluggish tension. Mm. And it's a process of making huge leaps. I work with people that are in long marriages, long nine to five jobs, soul crushing situations. Mm-hmm. And the leap of faith is that part of trusting yourself and the blueprint enough to take the leap. Yeah, I guess I asked this too for for buddies of mine or family that 
you know, it's almost like a sense of apathy that I see sometimes. Like, I just don't know what to do. I don't really know why I'm here. Like, I don't really know what's going to make me happy. I think a lot of college kids might struggle with this when we're told in programs, yeah. like you need to decide on one thing. So what do you, right. what do you recommend there? Is it, is it about following your joy and your bliss uh, at the end of the day? Or why do people have so much confusion around what they're, what they're doing here? Well, I think the true elephant in the room that isn't talked about enough, you know, it's talked about in different sections, but we live in a poisoned world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be frank, in every sense, sense of it, physically, energetically, environmentally, everything is, I'm not going to say purposely or accidentally, it, there is a design to keep us in a low vibration whether that's like people in high positions doing it. I'm not saying that, but it's just the reality is it's very easy to slip into apathy because that's the path. That's the easiest path. I'll just do what everyone expects of me, what culture is placed on me. They're all just layers on top of us. So the process is acknowledging that there are layers there. That's step one. Yeah. (laughs) Of like, okay, my water is not clean. I've been drinking tap water for 30 years. Mm. Okay, that probably is resulting in some heavy metals in my brain and body. Okay, that's there. I'm not going to freak out, but I have to forge a new path and know that that's probably energetically keeping me at a lower vibration because I'm not supposed to have cadmium and mercury and aluminum moving through my body. Okay, so in a way, that's almost a parasite too. So I think of all of these things. So it's, it's not it's not everyone's fault. I mean, also there's just so much trauma is rampant in our society. Like we are at unprecedented levels and it is not normal. I think we also glaze over this. Like it is not normal to have this amount of sexual trauma, to have this amount of child trafficking, slavery, abuse, all, all the above. It is not healthy for our planet to have this programming this matrix instilled here Mm -hmm. so until you look at some of those things you're going to take the easiest path of apathy and it's a cloud that grows and grows and grows Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah and it's like just acknowledging that and uh you're reminding me that what we're eating as well is so important and reminding me of all the different channels that help us stay really clear and focused and centered, like drinking your green juice in the morning. And you're, yeah. you also, you glow, like people can't <laughs> see right now, but like you have a very much a gl- like angelic presence to you. It's like, you can tell that you're like, well, hydrated, you're eating, well, <laughs> you're moving. I'm hydrated, baby. Oh yeah. I got my spring water now. <laughs> you got your water. Now that I'm living in Texas, I get my spring water delivered. That was a big oh my change. Gosh. So, I mean, Leo, I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm just like, my brain could ask you questions all day, but is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to cover or touch on? Anything Mm. else that you're seeing that you think should be brought to light? I mean, (laughs) beyond the huge (laughs) categories, I just dumped on people. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're not talking about, you know, light topics. This is just, you know, this is some serious shit. Yeah. I would say the, the main thing that the main message I really want to get out to people is the, the entity stuff is not like a symbolic thing. This is not like a metaphor or, you know, whether you, whether you 
believe in bacteria or not doesn't mean that it's not affecting you just because you can't see it a virus doesn't mean you can't you know like these things we're in a game we're losing a game that we don't even know we're playing to begin with Mm -hmm. so they really have the upper hand right now of just running rampant and you can see it with people like just scan through the people you know that were like doing okay and then they just took a turn suddenly like they were sort of drinking or sort of smoking too much or like a little depressed and they go from zero to 100 and it's really it's really very real and this is stuff i work with people a lot and i think my message is not to scare people but we really can't do anything about it until we know the system that we are in so everyone asks me what's your biggest form of protection like how do you help people you know like what do you tell people to you know protect themselves and i'm like shadow work shadow work shadow work because again they can only get in if there's a hole in the aura Mm -hmm. the aura is like our skin our atmosphere Mm -hmm. if if you have resolved the things that are really burdening you then they can't come in and and crank up the dial Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you gotta really look at who you haven't forgiven, where you hold shame, guilt, resentment. Yeah. Who's that one person that you can't let go? What are those memories that flash in your mind before you go to bed? What's that thing that you just go, oh, no, not looking at that. Okay, just pushing that to the side. That thing that we push to the side and we all do it. There's no guilt or shame. But that is the thing that is your, that is your spiritual sovereignty. Mm. Yeah, I think we can all think of something that like pings for us. There's, there's been a, a person that has been with me for so many years. And I guess the, I'm just working on the breakthrough of like, okay, it's been acknowledged. I see it. Let me do the work around here. But it, it, I guess for me in this circumstance, it just comes back to worthiness and building my self-worth on a daily basis so that right. um, there, there is no tie. There is no, uh, you know, sucking of energy and and me giving away power, I guess. And I think a lot of us can relate to that across all fields, whether it's relationships or something else that we're giving our power away to. Absolutely. That's the easiest place to look. If you don't have boundaries within your relationship, you don't have boundaries energetically. Mm -hmm. You're leaving all your windows and doors open with all the lights on. Yeah. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So just look there, you know, like we're, where do you let people slide and you put yourself in the back seat? If you, if you really enjoy you, mm-hmm. there's not much that they can do. Right. They need something to cling on to. Mm-hmm. So if you've looked at all those places that they would cling, then you have a smooth aura, you have a clear field and you're boring to them because they're not going to get a rise out of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I held a lot of sexual shame for a while. Then I dealt with it and they're like, Oh, well, we can't flash those memories in his mind anymore because he doesn't care mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. those things because he's looked at it. Oh shit. We can't use that. Oh, what else has he got? Oh, he was really bullied. Oh, well he forgave his bullies. Damn it. Um, what else has he got? And then you just, at the end, they're like, all right, we'll go to someone else. You know, the lion doesn't go after the fastest antelope. It goes after the, slowest yes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah this is a really beautiful reminder to just be compassionate with ourselves while we're doing this as well because it can be frustrating work to dive into this shadow and and so much shame comes up as it is i mean 
my sweet sister was reminding me, I was talking to her on the phone and I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so like, why can't I get rid of this? She's like, do you hear how you're speaking to yourself? Would you ever speak to a child? Like you're just speaking to yourself. Would you say you're embarrassed of her or that you're ashamed of her or to just stop it? No, you would hug her. You would love her. You would tell her it's all going to be okay. And that, that was a huge shift for me just last week. And I, took a walk and I like was sitting in the forest and I just imagined holding the hand of my little self and uh, just hugging her. And I held hands with her as I walked and it was, I was just crying, just like releasing. And uh, that was a very real way for me to do that. And maybe that would help somebody listening to just like, think of your child self um, and just love on them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I keep photos of my child self around as reminders. Yeah. Yeah, it really just makes it a very, very real thing. Like, oh, I'm just a little human doing the best that I can. Just because we're getting older and, you know, just because the elements are aging our skin doesn't mean that we're not as innocent and pure and deserving of love as we came into this world. Absolutely. We're living in a mess. There's always going to be chaos. There's always going to be ups and downs. And you got to remember, yeah, exactly. There's always an inner child within you. And there's an inner child in the person that you have conflict with. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. And that's so really easy to forget too. Your dad has an inner child. Yeah. Your yeah. mom has an inner child. Yeah. Isn't Your that nasty like, ex is still has an inner child? Yeah. That's, that's probably really, really really hurt. Buddhist Buddhist principle in a way to like to meet everybody as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of helps you just reframe a lot of how they express their pain. Yep. Right. Yeah. And it's always fear-based, isn't it? Just like anything that's painful and out. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, Leo, I mean, I bet your wait list is quite long to work (laughs) with you, but I mean, how can people get, or just, you know, learn from you? How can we connect with you? If you do have spots open, can people work with you? Sure. I go back and forth with the opening and closing my calendar. So just if people want to talk to you, they can always book a free call with me to just ask questions and things like that on my Calendly from my website or my Instagram that will tell you if my calendar is open or closed. Once I get like five or six weeks out, I close it because I hate telling people like, yeah, the next session's in two months. Sorry. You just have to like be in misery until then. I hate that moment. Yeah. So I do my best to kind of keep it a little bit shorter. So just always look there. That will tell you. Um, on Instagram, I'm restorative hypnosis. That's where most of my content is. And these clips of my sessions, you can see soul fragment retrieval. You can see people channeling goddesses, entity removals, like they're edited, subtitled, like they're very concise, put together, very easy, easy to digest. And then if anyone wants to like dip their toe in the water, I have, I have pre-recorded hypnosis journeys. And you can just listen to them on your own time. Put an eye mask on, lay in your bed, talk to your inner child for 30 minutes and just follow my instructions. Work with your inner critic, work with mom, dad. There's a few of them. On your website? Yeah, those are on my website. Very affordable. And I feel like it's just a good entryway because a lot of people are scared of going into trance and it's really not scary at all. We're moving in and out of trance all the time. So it gets that first initial fear of like, oh, okay, I can, I'm still very conscious. I can move my body. I can laugh and sneeze if I want to. Like I'm in full control. So mm-hmm. that kind of breaks the ice of like it being a scary experience. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And, those are, and they're still beautiful journeys. 
restorative hypnosis and restorative hypnosis.com is the website restorative-hypnosis.com is the website okay perfect well leo thank you so much this has been like explosive expansive and just and i feel just more comfortable being alive and more curious so thank you so much for sharing your gift with us all right my friends thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today i mean I'm obsessed. What an expansive conversation. Make sure that you're staying in touch with Leo on Instagram at restorative hypnosis. He's always posting amazing reminders and keeping in touch with us, giving us updates. And he's so funny too. I love it. Um, and again, if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you learned here today, please feel free to send it along and or leave a review. It helps so much to understand like what you guys are experiencing as you listen so that the podcast can just grow and evolve in uh, you know the highest way possible. So I love you so much. Other little updates, you can check out helendenham.com for blog posts, past podcast episodes. You can learn all about the course, Cultivating Confidence there. And there is merch now in the shop, uh, which is so fun. The merch, a lot of it says you are loved and it's been such a beautiful conversation starter. And uh, yeah, it's just really fun. So I hope you enjoy checking that out and uh, just sending you all the love. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you soon.